Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Relatable Content. I'm your host, Farhana Sadgro. It has been a minute. I say that every time in every episode, but really, I'm so happy to be back recording episodes, doing what I love, sharing conversation, meeting people who are like-minded and who can teach me so much about the healing journey. Chloe Jamel, hmm, where do I begin? I was listening back to this podcast when the production was happening and thank you to our Patreon supporters who helped the production of this episode. Visit relatablecontent.love or Patreon forward slash relatablecontent if you'd like to sponsor these episodes. But I was listening back to the episode upon production and wow, so much to say about this woman. She inspires me so much and she started in 2018. But I will tell you all about this app or you can just download it on App World or on iOS if you have an Apple And so this conversation includes talking about setting up an app and Chloe's background in creative and film industry and getting published on Business Insider, working for Snapchat. I mean, Snapchat, can you believe it? She created our location or she was part of the team. And that was the idea of sharing stories based on where you were at and everyone could see that around the world. And so her app is also globally based and there are saloniers that hold circles online. And she also talks about her journey with holding women's circles. And it creates a deeper level of self-awareness and many times a distance from your stories of your past and maybe even some of your emotions that allow you to have that room to heal and grow and be your next version of self. Yoni is the Sanskrit word for vagina, that sacred space, that portal of light. And for many of you who know, Yonis are... I guess the creation of life and that's where all life comes from. So appreciate the yonis you have, appreciate the other women who have yonis and all the magic that comes from it. If I have any advice for you is to just, if you are a female entrepreneur, listen deeply and just connect with Chloe as she shares some medicine about sticking through the hard times and really setting boundaries for yourself and becoming a strong woman in your vision and trusting your body. Trust your yoni. Okay, enjoy today's episode. Today we are talking about circles, especially women's circles with the founder and creator of Yoni Circles. Her name is Chloe Dramel and we'll be focusing on what this is about specifically and that's storytelling. How sharing a story or telling stories is really powerful and healing and for a lot of us women can be quite a safe space to feel like we can share our stories and recently I was reading in The Women Who Run With Wolves that women often find comfort when they're feeling lost or alone to sit in the space of their elders and then we feel less stressed or concerned and that in itself is the definition of healing. I definitely know that after reading that in The Women Who Run With Wolves, I was very curious to try that out. So I ran to my grandmother's house to just (laughs) test that theory and I ended up staying there for five hours. So try it out, go and do it seek someone who shares wisdom and just sit in a circle with some friends and see how just listening or asking to hear a story can take a different aspect out of your anxiety. So Chloe and I will be chatting about in-person versus online, storytelling and developing a story. 
so much to hear and how this is part of the healing journey. Thank you so much for listening to Relatable Content. And if you are curious or want to know more about our circles that we host online, please visit relatablecontent.love or more or visit Yoni Circle. Okay, let's get in. Perfect. Yeah, so I left in November of 2017 with this vague idea of creating a tech company that connects women through storytelling. I was very focused on women at that time, I think because of my own personal healing journey through Yoni Circle, I am now focused on everyone and we will eventually be a platform for all. Um, we're just, you know, focus on on those that identify as women right now. Technically, the first in-person circle I ever did was my birthday party that year in December. And women really liked it. And they were like, keep doing this. And so I did. And we started with an in-person community and really got that going. And that in-person community, first of all, I can't wait to go back to it. I love in-person community. It's not maybe the best business, but it's really fun. Um, <laughs> oh, and- what part of internal, I mean, in-person community, because you know, this podcast is called Relatable Content. Do you mean like um, people in person? So our events were capped at 12 uh-huh. and it was like our circles online are, you know, capped at six. And so it's just a lot of energy for 12 people. And our pricing was, I think it was $29 a time. And maybe we could have pushed that up more, but it just, the numbers don't quite add up. And then, you know, you're paying rent on the space and all these things where the tech is a lot more, I think, sustainable of a business, but that doesn't mean that we won't go back into in-person and maybe I think when we do go back to in-person, it's going to be a little bit more of like trying to do a lot of people at once, but still making sure that, you know, we have the opportunities for these 12 person circles, but it's less of this two circles a week. It was just really tiring for a digital circle, even as, you know, personally as a saunier, I can definitely host two to three circles a week. And I also can join a circle like almost every day where in-person you know, two circles and I was kind of like very dead. Just because you're not just doing the circle part, you're also, you're hanging out for two hours, you're entertaining, you're hosting. Mm -hmm. So it's a beautiful vibe. So yeah, I started with the in-person, was also trying to figure out the tech in the beginning, but I actually, I'd say in probably like September of 2018 throughout tech. Cause I was just like, I need to figure out a focus. So I stayed focused on really building out the in-person community and finessing the circle experience, essentially, like really thinking about what works in this circle experience, what doesn't and why, how do I feel? How does she feel? What's going on here? And then that led me to in January of 2019, kind of having my aha moment where I was like, oh, this is what the app looks like. I was like, honestly, like I designed it within a day, not fully designed it, but just sketched out everything, how it works, the interactions within this video circle. And then that led me to, I talked to an early engineer at Snapchat. He had left as well. And 
we'd been a part of this practice together at Snapchat, which is also, it's called Council. And it's also around storytelling and circle. It's definitely a bit different than Yoni Circle, but definitely was like inspired by it. We both had really connected to it. So I felt like he would connect to Yoni. And he, you know, was pretty interested in it. And then I hired a freelance designer out of Tel Aviv, actually, to kind of get a really more hi-fi mocks of the app together. Once I showed him that, he was like, all right. So he came on as our technical advisor. He built out the whole app. And then I used the designs and the fact that it would, would be built by March of 2020 to fundraise. And I closed our first pre-seed of fundraise thing at the very end of 2019. And then we launched the app in the first week of April of 2020 this year. Congrats for making the goals. <laughs> Yes. Took a lot longer than I thought it would, but you know, perseverance. <laughs> I mean, a, a challenge like I'm so curious to hear more about. You just basically told us your little journey of starting Yoni Circle, but rather we should go even further back. And firstly, you started at Snapchat. That must have been an interesting journey to getting into technology. Do you think that was your purpose, calling you to do the work so you can have the background in what you're doing now? Yes, I think you nailed it. I very much fell into tech. You know, I was definitely that girl in college that was, you know, senior year coming, being like, none of these jobs feel right. I was grew up in the East Coast of the US and, you know, tech is more kind of like, for example, like my boyfriend went to college on the West Coast and everyone's going into tech there, where East Coast, it's more like finance driven. And so the way that I wound up also... My background in college, I was very focused in creative writing and film. I actually, I wrote a novel for my senior thesis. So very, very much identified as a creative, but I didn't quite fit into a lot of like creative, I guess, like jobs for me. And so I was a bi-weekly columnist for my daily newspaper in college. And I basically wrote about whatever was on my mind that week. And Snapchat was just kind of becoming a thing. So it was 2012. And I wrote a column around how Snap was, or Snapchat at the time, was the next big thing. And I broke it down a little bit more philosophically of why I felt like myself and, you know, my peers were becoming into it. And I really talked about how it was bringing technology back while pushing it forward and making technological communication more like real life because it was, at the time it was just pictures. And I really loved that delete by default, that it was ephemeral and it was just left as a memory. And so I published this column. And at the time, all of the press around Snap was sexting, like, get your kids off of this. This is going to fail. This is dumb. And I wrote this column and I guess like the guys, it was four guys at Snap at the time. So they saw it, they resonated with it. And they actually, they snapped me that night that it came out. It was like a picture of them. And then it was a, you know, on the bottom, it was like, Thank you, Chloe. You get us, dash team Snapchat. <laughs> and I was like, what is going It was like a random account. I was like, what is this? And the next day, the article got picked up by San Francisco Chronicle and Business Insider. I think Evan showed them the article, the CEO of Snap. 
And kind of one thing led to another. I ended up being in LA. I met them around New Year's Eve. I spent the day with them and the CEO drove me home and was basically like, I don't know what you're going to do, but do you want to work here when you graduate? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Just getting it now. Like how big is this company now? Yeah. I mean, now it's, I think there's probably, probably about three to 4,000 employees, but I think I understood his vision, which I I get now because I think when I hire, I'm like, if someone really gets the vision and I think can do work, I'm like, yeah, just come on in. And when I did get there the following June, I was very much like aware of all hats, like really trying to figure out what I could be good at or where my skill set lied. And I was like business development, but I'd get thrown like random things like writing the handbook or I don't know, selling t-shirts on the boardwalk. Like I'm not even kidding. I sold Snapchat t-shirts on the Venice boardwalk. I mean, you just yeah. some cash in to develop. <laughs> Technically, Technically, I helped Snap with their very first monetization strategy. It was not a hit. I don't think we sold many. Now on-site signing is like a whole other level. Like people are just know how to promote an ad. They're all good design as well, right? Like that's... Yeah. And so then I slowly found my way into really helping create this product called the R Story product for them and then ultimately running it. And so the R Story product for Snap is where it exists today. It existed a little bit differently. So I'll like speak to how it existed, but we would geofence a location. So take an event like a Coachella or a city kind of like Dubai or Cape Town or wherever. And once we geofence that location, if you were a user in that location or a Snapchatter in that location, you know, you would take a snap and you would maybe think you were going to send it to a friend or add it to your My Story. And you'd have this new option that said our Coachella story or our EDC story or our Dubai story or our New Year's Eve story. And then all of that content would come to us Mm -hmm. and we would curate it into a narrative. And I was the first curator to work on it. And there wasn't a lot of uh, guidelines. It was sort of like, we have content now and we're going to choose which ones push out. And so I think because of my film background and my creative writing background, I very much scoped it into a narrative. And I did that for a while, but I ended my time in creating the women's group and ultimately running it and, and working on women's initiatives for them. But definitely to your original question of I am very thankful for my time at Snap because I don't think tech was ever something that I was like super aware that I was interested in. And I'm so grateful to have such tangible skills from my time at Snap. And also because some of my time at Snap was a little bit hard for me in terms of my personality, I needed to heal from it. And having that kind of both sides of things with like these like skills of tech and then also being in a space that didn't work for my personality in some ways that I really needed to heal from and and learn from and grow from. It allowed me to use both in creating a more technical app that is also really focused on that healing journey. Yeah. I mean, wow. So powerful that link together. And 2012, I can also say was a year that also being aware and alive during that time, I think technology was becoming very much apparent that we needed to gain those skills. I mean, maybe for you more, what I 
only about five years later did I find a real desire to like focus in on advertising and marketing and everything mm-hmm. throughout, like how to use the online space. So I guess at that time as well, it was very crucial for people like you to be developing these skills that eventually are like what we're shifting towards, which is the online space. And you were saying before that your, your circles went from offline to online. How was that for you though? Because your vision was to stay offline and maybe we should even start with like what you're even doing because people who've never seen Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say my vision was always to go online. Okay. I think it just took me because I can't code and because, you know, I knew it would take resources for me to build an app or build a product. I had to get it right. So like offline for me was a lot about finding the MVP of the product and really like figuring out the product so that when I did put those resources into building tech, I had the most data points I could. I had the most like opinions that I could to drive it. The first draft was as close to good as possible. And I wasn't also trying to find market fit and build. I'd already kind of done more of that grunt work by building the in-person. And I would say I wouldn't have stopped building the in-person if it weren't for COVID. And in some ways, I am thankful because I think that I would have been spread way too thin, but we will go back to in-person. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the real fact there, spreading yourself too thin, because I feel like a lot of people are still doing that, even if it's whatever, whatever this paradigm is now, whatever this energy and space that people are working offline versus online, still people are still working too much or on technology too much that they are still spreading the yeah. thin. What is a Yoni Circle? So Yoni. So Yoni Circle, we are a community that heals and connects through storytelling. So the core of our community allows you to join an hour-long live storytelling circle. Um, And really, and I can all backtrack in a second and explain what a storytelling circle looks like. But I think what's important about the storytelling circle is you leave empowered. You know, it's a very cathartic experience. It's a very fun experience. And it really leaves you with this awareness that you are not alone. The human experience is shared and it creates a deeper level of self-awareness and many times a distance from your stories of your past and maybe even some of your emotions that allow you to have that room to heal and grow and be your next version of self. And that's what we are at the core and I'll kind of like explain the next features. But what this story circle looks like is, so you sign up and it's women from all over the world. It's capped at six. It's run by a woman who's called a salonier. So she's the host. There are no gurus in this community. We are very against advice of any kind. It's really about learning from others' experiences. So salonier's start as community members. They have to do at least 10 circles before they can apply. And then once they apply... You know, there's a little thing that they have to buy. If they're accepted into the training, they're trained by us. And that's how they become a salonier. So circles capped at six. It begins with six minutes of chat messaging. So during that time, women do a rose thorn bud. So they take a selfie and they rate their rose, which is their highlight of their day, the thorn, the not so good part and bud what they're looking forward to. And that's kind of the first wave of vulnerability. It's how your first many times like meeting 
strangers or many times seeing a woman from the community again and being like, oh, that's what's new in your life. So then we go into Circle, which is 52 minutes long. It's through video chat technology, but we've hopefully made it a little bit more magical, made it feel more safe. What do you think about that? Yes. Yes. You asked me. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, should I interrupt and say I love it? Interrupt. (laughs) The interface is beautiful. Like I don't think you even describe it to the listeners of how special it is. And I think I need to add a little... If only yeah, Hana, go. <laughs> but that's the point though, it's private so that you do feel like you can share as much as you want. But the design of it is so beautiful. Like people are above one another. Like you see people's faces around a circle and there's a candlestick that you can pass <laughs> if you don't want to talk. And then you're snapping, which is the yes. Okay, let me first share that people snap if they hear you, if they agree with you, if they just want to show support. It's resonation validation. So I'll go back through the actual plot line of the circle. So it's 52 minutes long. So it starts, and what Farhana was saying with the candle. So it starts with setting an intention. So we're in this circle environment and one woman chooses to set an intention for a time. So she tops the candle in the middle and she speaks out loud. And then we go into the rest of the circle and the rules of Yoni circle, there are rules and that's really to create this safe container so we can really be vulnerable. And the first one is that we always listen and speak from the heart. And that really means that we're leaving our egos at the door and we are understanding that our differences are our magic. And then next is that we only speak when we have the talking piece. So going back to like snaps, it's like you can snap if you resonate with someone, if you're validating them, if you're just kind of being like, I hear you kind of thing. It could be positive. They could have said something positive. They could have said something maybe harder part of their journey. The next rule is that we take the stories with us and we leave the names behind. So we take confidentiality really seriously. We understand that sometimes the stories that you hear can really resonate with you or resonate with a friend going through something similar, but we never say the woman's name and really take confidentiality seriously. And we will definitely continue to focus on that as the community scales. One of the last rules to speak succinctly. So we open up with that intro round and everyone shares their name, where they live, what they do for work and or what they're passionate about and what's on their mind or in their heart. And that's, again, it gets like the second wave of vulnerability of connecting. And then we go into the core of the circle, which is the story. So the Slanier brings us through a quick breathing exercise to get us out of our heads and into our hearts. And then she guides us through a story prompt. So she'll give us a story prompt. Like today we're telling stories around risk or stories around letting go or stories around empathy. So kind of these like bigger ideas. And then what she'll do is she'll just kind of unravel it more and help give ideas of what a story around empathy could look like to really start to poke holes at everyone's memories and kind of find that story that hopefully you haven't thought of in a while. And then it just becomes a circle of stories and it it feels really good. Is there a reason poking a hole in the story that you haven't spoken about in a while? Tell me more about that. Is there a strategy behind why these small things, because all the topics I have attended, not a lot, but the ones that I have attended and there are small holes, I'm like, wow, this is a profound moment in my life that I need to bring out and I need to sit with and I need to journal and think about again and give myself the time to remember that. Yeah, there's a lot of thoughts behind that. And I want to be clear, you know, some of it's very intuition based, based on my whole own healing experience through Yoni Circle. And then there is science that I'm aware of, but I am definitely 
not a scientist, just to be clear. But, but you yeah, know what I mean, can happen when you bring out the good stories or how, what we need to share? Because <laughs> there is science around what's happening. And, and very, I was doing this anyways. And then I was telling you know, a researcher about the way that Yoni Circle worked. And she highlighted, she helped me to really understand like, oh, wow, this is what you're doing. And, and it pushed me to go even deeper, specifically around what we consider the micro prompt. So the micro prompt is the unraveling of the stories. And what how the Slaniers are trained is like, it is very your goal to push people to find a story that they haven't thought of in a while. Because many times our stories of our past can really help us be more grounded in our present. And so what's happening, and this is specific to the female brain from the research that I have and it's research-based. We have our hippocampus. Our hippocampus is the area of our brain where we store and digest memories. And this is very specific to women's brain, but the idea of letting go of these memories and, and in order to let go of the memory, you have to find it because many times, especially with the way society is now, we put so many walls up that we actually block out our memories. It's harder to find them. And so by finding them and speaking and like actually speaking them out loud and actually letting go of them, it is allowing you to do one of two things. You're either maybe letting go of a story, just maybe like kind of creating a more of a detachment from maybe a more traumatic memory, but maybe for the many non-traumatic memories, you are becoming more grounded in your present. You are taking this thing that you have in the past and really learning from it and reflecting on how it is in your present. And that's helping you to grow. It's helping you to be more grounded in that moment. And what's important with the Yoni Circle experience is to that validation part is you're not seeking this story into a black hole. You are looking at these women as you are speaking to them and you're watching them listen to you and they're giving you snaps. And you know that you don't know what they're thinking exactly, but you know that you're not alone, that you're being heard. And that's really important. And then at the end, you have your witness round. But finding those stories is something that just felt really good for me. And I think in the beginning of Yoni Circle, I was hosting all the circles. So I would have these experiences with myself where I would go into like a deep meditation or I would do like a certain type of workout class before to try get myself to find a story that I haven't thought of in a while. And then it was always my goal with each circle and each circle I got better and all of those learnings that I learned myself, I then put into the training for the Saunieres. I just knew that that moment where a woman was like, whoa, I haven't thought of this in so long. And it really helped them change their thinking in their present or release something. And many times there's another woman in that circle that was like, that is exactly the story that I needed to hear. Like, thank you for sharing. Like I went through something so similar. Yeah. That's so powerful. It's also, the on record, the reason why I wanted storytelling to be a part of this conversation and how I came across your work, it's all meant to be. You have, make me want to snap. Something, I don't know if it's not a South African thing, but when I first came onto the app, I was like, why is everyone just snapping all the time? Like, what is up with this? Is it an American thing to snap? 
I would say it's an American thing to snap. I, I definitely think that there's many people in my life that I'm sitting at a dinner table with and I'm just casually snapping away and everyone's like, what is this girl doing? But it does show up that snapping is a, this is so lame, but it's a big thing you do in sororities. Instead of clapping, everyone gives snaps. And then it was also a part of the council practice as well. So I don't know. I'm used to snapping because it, it doesn't interrupt the speaker, but you're also being like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I was wondering if that's a form of just showing active listening. Like you yeah. Well, that someone's nodding or, I mean, I feel like we all have different ways of showing active listening. Well, actually not. Maybe this is why I think it's also such a powerful act that you have or tool in snapping is because it's teaching a lot of people the techniques that human communication or people desire to connect through. And that's like being heard. And we can't mm-hmm. tell if we're being heard if someone doesn't show any verbal communication. And there are people like that. <laughs> we just listen to you. They don't nod. They don't acknowledge. They don't even look like they're staring at you. You're like, oh, am I being listened to? Is a woman's struggle? <laughs> Yes, yes, like yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's just like that. <laughs> well done. So, pioneer of the snaps online. Really, though, going love- back to you said the stories, and uh, you were finding that there were reasons behind like why you needed to go into a deep meditation state. You said that you were going through a healing journey. When was that moment in? the healing journey that you realized, like, I am going through some healing here? Well, I was very searched out. So basically what happened to me is I was working at Snap and I grew this R Story team to a team of 80. And in the beginning, it very much was a product that I think it wasn't clear what it would look like. And I think that I just had a lot more creative control. And then I was reporting directly to the CEO and then someone else. And where we saw the creative vision going was very different. And it became these things that I felt weren't maybe right for the community or the product were maybe not the most important things anymore because that was really about monetization. There's a lot of things there. Anyways, I was in a what I felt was a very surprised way. I, I did not see this coming. I was sat down one day And I was replaced by three men. And I wasn't really given a clear role. And there wasn't a lot of clear communication. And then I also had to onboard these, specifically like two of them on. I had to not tell my team about the transition for like a month or two. And I really didn't have a role. I felt like my life was on one trajectory that I was... a director level and I was like leading this big team and I was young and I very quickly thought and it also it was like my boyfriend broke up with me like two days before and then I sat down and like this happened I was very depressed it was a very dark time for me and I think I wanted to try new things and I wanted to get out of this depression. I knew that I was a happy person. So I found my way in and I had done therapy, I don't know, for a few years at that point, but I felt like it just wasn't aligning with me anymore. And so I started to find my ways into like other modalities of healing. And my healing journey started around then. 
And I think it maybe took a few months, but I started to do Reiki healing and that led into psychedelic experiences, like very, you know, with a shaman that were, I think, really important for me and different medicine modalities to really help me detach from the ego and let go of the fear. I had, it was just like very fear-based. And I think because of just some of the interactions that I was having, just like kept that fear-based going. And I think I know a lot of women that work there that also have PTSD from the experience and a lot of women that don't. So yeah, I was very aware of the healing journey and the healing journey just like changed over time. And over time, I think the more that I worked with different practitioners, different like healers and mystical people, and I have shamans and I have emotional code practitioner and like so many names. I think the more that I was in that process, and I think this is true of everyone, is that you start to heal yourself. You start to learn to heal yourself and what that means. And then you start to take those learnings that work for you. And I mean, depending on who you are, not everyone that like is going to be healed is going to want to, or even if they want to heal, it's going to be in all different types of ways, but you start to be able to like begin to spread that healing to other people. Yeah. And so I don't think that the way that Yoni Circle forms, and I think even continues to grow is also very correlated to my own personal healing because it's just the way that it's, it's worked. Because I think the more that I've healed and, and kind of come into my own voice and things like that, the more that Yoni has grown and grown in a way that feels really nice, I guess. Yeah. Well, heal yourself and you heal others. Eh? It can't be more adequate right now. And I think a relatable story for a lot of people who go through their healing journey or I think awakening of the work that they don't know was actually trying to call them. Like it's calling you. The, the fact, again, I relate back to you going into tech and you going through this journey of the ego death, like finally seeing you needed to step back from all of that. And a lot of the things that you said, I touch on in different episodes. So people can really go and explore all the things you said, because a lot of the stuff that you're saying comes with experience. Like you went to a therapist, you saw different people that could facilitate this journey, which for some or a lot of people don't know is an option or they think it's, what do people say? Like woohoo or <laughs> witchcraft or I don't know the other words that you can think of. And it's like, and it doesn't work for everyone too. And like, that's okay. And it's just a good point is that it is your own journey. And it's what's so important is listening to yourself. So if therapy, maybe like therapy really works for you, then you should do that. Or maybe it's like, oh, I really like parts of this therapy, but maybe I want to try something new. Cause like, I feel like I was very led. I'm so thankful for my experience with therapy. Cause it, you know, I had a, one of my medicine experiences. I don't know if it would have been as powerful without therapy because I was essentially in a therapy session. I just happened to have certain medicine in me that, you know, it was one of the more important, I think, moments of my healing journey that 
therapy had to come first because the way I spoke, the way I had access to things, and obviously it was a little bit expedited with medicine. But I mean, even in that journey, I was very much still at SNAP. And I let go of so many of these old, again, stories. And a lot of stories were coming up. And then in that time, it was almost like I imagined Yoni Circle. I didn't know what it looked like, but it was like this whole vision of like all these lights all over the world and this purple. And it was very focused on women and it was very focused on this connection. The point is like, it's your own journey and you're going to find it if you kind of let go a little bit and follow that little bit of your soul that is guiding you. And I think the more that you can let go and and let go of fear, which I still have, I'm still actively working on, but the more that it just gets a little bit more fun. Mm. And also the snaps go. (laughs) I like that you said that you actually described your app really, right? It's dark and like purplish with little stars. And you said to come back to your intuition really and your guidance or your inner self and your inner goddess like that for women or a lot of women who have done the work in energy or tantra or whatever, they find that that is where their power lies. Like they just have to tap more into themselves to find that. You created that. You created what you're doing now through doing that. How do you sh- share that message with more women? Like, could women like hear you clear enough? This is the work that we need to do to find ourselves. It's exciting. I just want to shake you and be like, share it more. Yeah, yeah, we're trying. Well, something that just came up as you were speaking, I think it's also really important to, because even if I had this vague vision of this like connected moment like years ago, you still have to build it. And building it's hard. And I think something that like I hold really true to myself is this idea that you see the final first and you have to write all drafts. You're going after this vision and many times how you get there might not look how you thought it would. And you have to just keep drafting and keep going. And I think that's also, it is like a part of that healing process. It, it never ends. There's not this pinnacle of I'm healed now. There's always more learnings and growings. And I think that's like a big part for me that I wasn't as grounded in when I like began my healing process. And you have all these people that you're like, oh, wow, you're more healed than me. And everyone's in different places on their journey. But I think the point is the journey doesn't end until you die. The more you open, the more you find, actually. (laughs) Exactly, exactly, exactly. (laughs) This vision of this, oh, cool, always calm. Yes, but no, you're diving into yourself a lot and you're on this journey. And just because you find the vision through healing and you see something that you want to create or you want to do or see a version of yourself, you also have to be grounded in the moment and do the work. And that takes definitely perseverance and making sure that you tap into that vision while you keep going. And it's many times really hard. I mean, it's been very hard for me. (laughs) Maybe it's easier for other people. (laughs) I mean, hard in what sense? Like, does it link? Because we know it links back to your inner child, your familial trauma, all of these things really do affect our journey because we're trying to fix, in basic terms, past, you know, and make sure that we are living our best selves in the present. What was your journey like, like growing up? Was it, is it all of it? Is it today's life? I mean, I think what's been hard for me is just nothing has ever felt like, especially with Yoni Circle, it hasn't been 
and maybe it's like looking at other people's journey in tech and creating companies. It hasn't been this boom, 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 easy thing. It has been more of that, like you got to keep fighting. Even if people are telling me this is a crazy idea or this isn't going to work, I just had to keep going. And that's when I say it was hard. And I think that a lot of, in terms of the more inner journey that I'm on, I think for me right now, and you know, I could change my mind in four months, but I think a lot of what I come up against and my challenges have a lot to do with setting boundaries. And I think that that comes from childhood. It's like boundaries with authority figures, really kind of like taking ownership of my own opinion, using my voice. And that's been a challenge for me for a long time. I've been so, I'm a very like talkative person, but I think in certain dynamics, it's not that I don't use my voice, but I'm not adamant with my voice. Like I say something, but if someone's going to speak over it or maybe be like, oh, I don't really think so. I might not, depending on the environment, I might not be as adamant in my opinion as I need to. So I think a lot of my kind of from the personal side, my journey is setting really better boundaries and really feeling confident in my own creativity and my own intuition and my own vision. And that's like the inner journey I'm on within the external journey. (laughs) And we are here for all the other women backing you on that when you finally find your power, like use that power. And of course it's going to be hard, but so many of us, again, I'll reiterate that are here for it. So snaps to that doing it and also a good piece of advice for everyone that wants to be persistent in what we do because it's so hard like to stay true to what we want we can be so distracted because society is always telling us rather work for someone else or rather be in this space because you know you're suited for this and it's never what do I want it's always about okay what's that and you know women as well again it's like how can we best suit someone else's needs how can we support them and I mean, not every woman is like that, but because your app is called Yoni Circle, I feel like it's most relevant to this topic. Do people know what Yoni is? I don't know. We should tell everyone though. (laughs) Um, So Yoni is a Sanskrit word and it means source of all life, sacred space, and also the core of it, female genitalia. And Again, I like came up for names of vision, not even like what it looks like today before I even started to build. And I just like really resonated because I felt like it's just such a beautiful word. It's obviously not my word and I'm aware of that. I'm American, but (laughs) I still just really resonated to the word because there was so much to it that we didn't have in an English word of just like, don't forget this female genitalia right here, like this vagina is literally the source of life, source of life. Yeah. Life comes out of this. And I just like, God, like, yeah, like literally. So like more so that even the idea of female genitalia, it was just a source of life and sacred space that really resonated with me and really is what we're trying to create. You know, even when we really open the doors for everyone. I don't really know if we're ever going to change the name Yoni because those two ideas of sacred space and source of all life really resonate with me because I think that community and I think that being vulnerable within a community and growing is really such a source of life and of growth. And then I think obviously in order to create that life and that growth, you need that safe space. And so it's so much of what we are building, like putting aside the 
female genitalia part. It really just is a word that really resonates with me. And so much more beautiful in English. I hear over and over. I know. <laughs> the English language is just, there's so many words in other languages where I'm like, oh, it means so much. And it's so beautiful. Why do we not have this? So <laughs> it, takes, it takes yoni circles, I guess, to translate these words that we otherwise would not have come across. But also a beautiful name that you use. There's so many, in terms of, of online spaces now, Yoni, the word is just so relevant. I think more people are paying consciousness firstly to their Yoni and like seeing value yes. in who they are. And so as more people wake up to this idea that we, we are in a source of light and it's just so perfect, like opening doors, like the, the puns. Can- I know. It's just like, let's go. <laughs> Curious to know when you open the doors to other genders, what are the dimensions going to be? I'm here, I'm watching. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I think the more that, I think what we care about is, well, A, we don't have a lot of interest from men right now. Don't really have any applications. <laughs> very, no, very few. And they're like, oh no, this is actually for women. I mean, we have like a very, I think there's a total of, I think in a percentage looking of our total members, it's like 0.001 and we're just keeping them on the side and we'll let them in eventually. But yeah, I think it's just about making sure that we create a a feminine first community. So we have a larger base. And then when we do open it up, what we're looking at will be circles for those that identify as a woman, circles for those that identify as a man, and then co-ed circles or not even co-ed circles, all circles. And again, we build for our community. So as our community grows, if we see that we need to make a certain type of circle, we will do that. And I think that's just really something that we're going to continue to do our best as we grow is being a very, I think, radically transparent community, specifically with our members. And then also just making sure that we listen, you know, like we really want to be able to listen to our community, specifically those that are very engaged, obviously their opinion does hold up a little bit more and take action on it and really kind of be like, okay, cool, we hear you. And we're going to go back to the drawing board and think about what this means in terms of, of the product and, and, and what we need to do. We're building for our community and it's most important that we listen and that they're just as much a part of it as we are. We're just the executors of it. Yeah, beautifully said. And that's, I think, why, again, people want to go to circles that they feel heard and they feel there is a space to really just go into those really soft and and emotional states. Women's circles is something that you said that it was in person. Can you remember your first women's circle? My first yoni circle or the first women's circle I've ever went to? Did you go to a women's circle? I think that technically the first women's circle I ever did was actually one I hosted. So when I was running the women's group for SNAP, I decided to do women councils. So I took the council practice, which there's like a lot of similarities, but there's no meditation. There's no kind of like helping to find the prompt. I'd fortunately have been in circumstances within the council practice where leaders gave me advice, which made me uncomfortable. So like it is very similar, but it's also pretty different. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do a woman's circle for Snapchat. We did our first circle and 50 women showed up. 
in the middle of the day, it was on a Thursday. So some of these women had to like ask their boss to make sure they like could leave. And yeah, it was, I wish I could remember what we told stories on, but it was very large and it was like an hour. So it was very quick. There's, there's no intro, like intro rounds isn't a thing or anything. It's just today rules are slightly different than ours. Like we're telling stories around, I think I might've did stories around being a woman or I think I know what it was. Tell a story about the first time that you realized being a woman was different than a man. I actually think that was, if it wasn't the first one I did, it was the second. So that was like the first women's circle I did. And then I definitely got in the LA Venice scene around the women's circles. I did find that a lot of the women's circles I went into were harder to connect to, which is like very what I do really. Why Yoni Circles so focus on the narrative is that it's hard, I think, to be in a space where everyone's just venting because it's hard to actually connect to that person, especially if you don't hold those feelings. But when you're focused on a narrative, it's a little bit different. And it does allow us over time to put people in the same room that do think very differently, that might have very different views. But at the end of the day, we are humans and the human experience is shared. And that's why similar stuff about council is supposed to be around storytelling, but you know everything kind of can go off the walls. And that's why that narrative piece is such a a rule within Yoni Circle. Yeah. And that's something like I'm so curious to explore more about. A narrative is essentially like a building of a story, right? And that's also what I get always when I come into the spaces is healing from being around a story, like you were mentioning earlier, that's got to do with the brain. Do you think that's why so many women came to that first circle? They were like, yes, we get to share, or they just needed a space that other people... Yeah. Being? I don't think it was about storytelling. I think it was just needing a space. I mean, some of these women, again, I think things have changed. And I think specifically at that time, if you were like a female engineer, you might be in a pod of all men. And it just like all depends on the department that you're in at a company. It was such an crazy experience because I went from content to HR. And HR was almost predominantly women. And it was so interesting. It was just such a different experience. It was a very good experience. Like I'm so happy I had it because it was a very fun and everyone I worked with was really nice, but it was just like an interesting contrast, I guess. I just think that why people came and why 50 people came was that they needed a space. And even though I'm sure they weren't letting go in the way that they might've, if it was a different type of space, they needed to let go a little bit. And I think what's a big part of Yoni is I think that there is one part of my life that, you know, I was really excited to transition when I was at Snap out of content and into HR and focus on women's initiatives. But I think there was just a moment that came of why am I doing this within a company when I can try to create something that's way more global and to really support hopefully major change. And again, it's, I'm not the one making the major change. It's more of like, if people come into this community, then they can grow and they can have their voices and they can create things that I can't create and they can be in these positions and, and all of that. But I think the biggest thing I care about is creating that safe space and creating that place to heal and connect. Cause I think connection is such a huge, really important part of being human and that ability to more deeply to connect with people in a real way is, is really important. And I think, especially right now, I think we attract a lot of empaths that are really looking for that deeper connection. Yeah. 
takes on to know one girl I'm sorry <laughs> we were doing like user interviews once and I was like you know I always ask the question how do you define the yoni women and these are all women that come to yoni they're going so many women were like I think everyone's just empaths <laughs> they're like everyone's just pretty connected to their emotions and really like it's going deep and I was like yeah I guess sure right and that's people you want to be around. I'm totally done. Totally. I like You're my friend. Come. You said that you had friends as well in the app, or do you actually, they're all just becoming friends through the app? Part of that, right? Can't be a woman and share space in such an intimate way. And like, okay, we're just going to leave it at that. Yeah, absolutely. I moved from LA to New York just two months ago. Mm-hmm. Just like quarantine blues, needed a you know, to switcheroo, but so many of my LA friends are all through the in-person community. I met them fully through Yoni Circle. Like maybe they came in through like Instagram, but they came into my apartment and then we became really close friends. And then the app is definitely allowing me to create friends. And I have, I think it's something that I'm very actively thinking of. So the difference between in-person and the app is with in-person, you had this circle, which we have in the app, and it was really deep. But after, you didn't have to leave my apartment. You had two hours before you had to leave my apartment. So it was like, we just had this circle. And then now we're leading together and talking about the stories. And that's really where the friendship comes from. So I think the friends that I've made through the app, I've probably done at least 10 circles with them, I would say. And then they start to become more of a friend. And so that's something that I'm very actively thinking of and working on because it's just like a piece of that in-person where I really made true friends with. And that kind of space to just connect after circle was so important. So it's something that we're actively thinking about. I'm an advocate for friendships online. (laughs) Well, bringing them offline too, that would be great. Thanks. But also through the power of technology, the season one of this podcast has been Almost everyone have I've been just like now become a close friend to. It's like the universe is actually just saying, okay, it's fine. Offline time, you need to do what you need to do. But when you can cultivate that space online that you can bring offline, it's also part of the change. I'm sure you are absolutely trying to integrate into the work at Yeni Circle. So much, but needed. Well done. And I I also think it's like this idea when you're finding community through intention instead of location or things like that. And so I think that's also a big focus. And we have so many things in the works that we'll just keep trying to work on in order to cultivate the community and kind of find that balance between the growth aspect and the depth aspect. And we're really trying to do both at once as quick as we can. We are a team of six. Wow. So, yeah. Well, if people can join the Yoni Circle, how can they do that? And how can they stay in the deets of everything? Because you've got a lot yes. of it as well. I know you're sharing some information, but you're also telling me like so much is changing. Yeah, you can join us on the Yoni Circle app. We're iOS only right now. I think we... We'll look to be on Android sometime in 2021. <laughs> oh, no. I like take a deep breath and I'm like, it's coming. Is it real quick because you're in tech, like it's a process to go from Android to Apple as well? Or is it because you're doing it all by yourself that it is a journey? People need to know that this is not just easy sticks that people can download and have yeah. their fingers. 
Yeah. So it's definitely getting easier. There's certain like a language that you can use now within coding where it works the same for iOS and Android. It's basically, it's easier to build on Android than it was years ago. But when you think about it with iOS, you're building for essentially one device. Obviously, our iPhones, there's people that have an iPhone 6 and people that have an iPhone 11, whatever number we're on. But for the most part, you're building for one device. When you move to Android, you're building for many, many different types of devices, which that complicates things and create more bugs. But it's also just, we need more engineers to do that, like point blank. If we're being perfectly honest, we need more iOS engineers because I would love us to build and release things faster too. And then you also have to think of stability within the app. And just there's a lot of different things that need to happen to build things (laughs) within tech and make it all work. And just like life, there will always be bugs. It's always multiple drafts and it's impossible not to have bugs and sometimes things that we're in a bug, all of a sudden become a bug, just like life. We're just building metaphors. But yes, going back to the question, you can find us in the iOS app, download it. It is a two-week free trial and then it rolls into paid membership unless you're, I'm not sure when this is releasing, but unless you catch us before October 12th, you might be catching us at the end of the beta. So you can get in and try us for free, tell your friends. And then yeah, definitely follow along on Instagram. We're Yoni underscore circle. And we have a new feature dropping tomorrow called Yoni Radio. And it's the first of many, many phases of Yoni Radio. And so with Yoni Radio, you can now record your story while you're in Circle. It's private by default. You can always delete it after your Circle too. And then it saves onto your profile. And you can, you know, first and foremost, just like re-listen to your stories every now and again and kind of go deeper. Or you can start to add those to your profile under your My Yoni Radio and other people can connect with your story. And I think many times... There are definitely some people's stories that were really important to me, were really important to my personal healing journey, my personal, just like able to be like, you know what? She did it. I can fucking do it. And I wish I could save that. You know, I'm like, I would re-listen to so-and-so's story because I know it got me going that night. It's like the first of kind of a wave of this new Yoni radio feature that will really allow you to connect and heal without having to sign up for that hour circle. Yeah, so to speak to a point that I also resonated a lot when I came across your app was when I went through my mental health, I'd say awakening because a journey that it was mental and body and soul. Mm-hmm. And when I came to see that depression wasn't something that I wanted to stay in, I immediately knew that I need to find an example or sources to take me out of that. And that's the first time I went to a therapist in my life. And when I sat there and I shared my story, I actually noticed that it was not so much sharing it to her. I felt like she was just not the person that I needed to share it to. But the act of sharing was a trigger in me that was like, oh my gosh, maybe this is the reason. Like people who are sad and depressed and never want to come out of their things or just putting it into one small room with someone or never talking about it. And then it just closes down and down and down. And here we are, like, this is going to be broadcast on live audio connection (laughs) you know people are going to be listening a thousand times 
hopefully over and realizing like, okay, this is what comes from sharing. And thank you again for creating that kind of space. And if I can ask you if there's one tip that you would give to anyone in this journey of self-healing, especially when it comes to storytelling and the objective here with the Circle, what would it be? I guess in healing in general, it's being kind to yourself and really listening to yourself. I think there are many times when I look back that it's okay to sleep. When you're in it and you are going deep in yourself, like you are tired and the world and society as we have it today isn't always telling you to sleep. And and sometimes that's important and reflection and that it's not a race and that it doesn't stop. You're never, you know, healed and you're always going to grow. So I think the best advice is just really be kind to yourself. Really take that bath if you need that bath. Really take that space if you need that space and kind of listen to yourself. I really resonate with what you were just saying, Karana, because that has happened to me now really twice in my life where I was just in such a depression. I was like, no, I will not stay here. And I think it was just, I don't think this works for everyone, but I very much didn't want to go on any type of medicine and anti-anxiety medicine so or antidepressants. And so I really was like, you're going to figure this out. You're going to get out of here. And it seems like you had this too, but just having that belief in yourself and imagining the light at the end of the tunnel, no matter how it is, and knowing that sometimes you have to rip the bandaid and make change. For example, why I'm in New York is I was very, very depressed in LA. When the pandemic hit, I lived alone and I just like didn't see anyone. And I was just alone with my thoughts. And I was very, very in a dark place, in a dark place that was way darker than the time at Snapchat. And I was like, I'm out. I got to change something in my scenery. And it's been so... Yeah, I'm very thankful to be in New York. And I listened to myself. It was very scary. I was like, I can't believe I'm leaving the city that I was in love with. And I never thought I would leave. And these friends that I have and space and whatever it was. And I just was like, fuck it. And I did it. And I'm so happy. And I just think knowing that you can make the change and sometimes you got to just take chances and take risks. And a lot of times they really pay off. Wow. Well done for doing that and just doing it yourself. Because that's something that I think will always remain relevant to the times is doing what you need to do that's, that you feel is best new friends to new experiences to meeting new people that will join you in a circle in New York and yeah I mean honestly for me it was a feeling of home my boyfriend lives here and all my closer friends from college and so I would walk outside in LA and I wouldn't see people and you know we're both empaths as much as people can drain me I also need to see that life I need to live in a place where I can go outside and I see humans. Now we're still in a pandemic. People are in mass. I don't need to interact with them. I just need to see them. I need to be able to watch them. I need to know that life exists. You know, I just got an apartment this month and I'm literally like across from a park. Like I can walk outside and I just see people. And I'm a different person from it. I see my boyfriend, obviously I see him more and like probably every day, but I'm still alone all day. But I go outside and I go to get my lunch and I see humans. And I was not seeing humans. LA is so spread out, which gives you more space and it's really nice. And yet what I paid for rent and the space I had is a lot different than New York, but it's worth it. 
Oh, that's so nice. You're such a people person. I am. I really am. I definitely really miss in-person circles, but they'll come back eventually. Hello. Welcome back to the end of the episode. (sighs) What a great conversation we had. You can download Yoni Circle on App World. And if you have any questions or you want to find out more, follow them on Instagram at Yoni Circle. It's so simple. Did you know that the word Yoni meant vagina? (laughs) Head over to Instagram and let us know or drop an emoji of your most floral used emoji that you can find. I mean floral because we relate the petals of the flower to the vulva. Mm. If you did like this episode as well, you're also welcome to hit subscribe, follow or share. Let me know how you found this episode. Follow us on Instagram at Relatable Content or follow me on Instagram at Sadguro. I'm a spiritual coach and I work one-to-one with clients and group work, creating personal development workshops for people. But so special and dear to my heart is Relatable Content. And on there you'll find the Self Healers Club. And similar to the Yoni Circle, we talk about our healing journey. That's it. Healing. What does it look like for you? What are you dealing with this month? What was your new awakening? Or what did it start like? Where did it start? We hold monthly circles in Cape Town and online. So if you feel like you want to relate or find a community that you can talk about your healing journey with, follow us for more information. And you don't have to do this alone because healing can be lonely. Okay, that's it for today. Sending love and blessings to you.